This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. And happy Monday. Starting this week off, we got a lot of exciting news that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. Hope you guys had a great weekend. The weather has just been amazing these past couple of weeks, and I'm very excited to see how, you know, us going into 2022, how the weather will get hopefully better, inshallah. But... Ladies and gentlemen, today in the tech news, we're talking about the James Webb Space Telescope. And we do know that it is now fully deployed. But what is next for the biggest observatory off of Earth? We got all that happening in just a few moments. And talking about UAE news, we're talking about Mubadala Capital back to reforms that is going to operate cloud kitchens. Cloud kitchens have been a craze lately around the UAE. And now, Mubadala Capital has dipped their hands into these startups. And for our apps all around the world segment, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the Musk, Elon Musk. And now he does say that Tesla is raising the price of its full self-driving software to a very hefty price. It does look like Elon Musk is not stopping no matter what when it does come to hidden fees in Tesla. Ladies and gentlemen, for our Tech This Out segment, we're talking about how hackers have been sending malware filled USB sticks to U.S. companies that was disguised as presents. Now, a very unpleasant surprise, may I add. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're also talking about the gadget of the day and how Samsung is showing off the foldables of the future at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. It has now ended and Samsung has a couple of gifts for us to see what 2022 has in store for us but ladies and gentlemen we are taking a short break but when we come back we're talking all about the james webb telescope and we're going to leave you with sam smith my oasis daily digital news bits and bytes connect our world ladies and gentlemen we're talking all about the james webb space telescope and now that it is fully deployed we are looking at what is next for the biggest observatory off of Earth. Now, the Generational Observatory is en route to its parking spot and getting ready to test its mirrors and instruments. Now, on Saturday, which was two days ago, the new observatory, which is, by the way, the largest space telescope ever built, did successfully unfold its final primary mirror that is segment to cap what NASA has billed as one of its most complicated deployments in space ever. Now the Webb mission team is now turning its attention to directing the telescope to its final destination, but getting the key parts of the observatory online for its astronomy work. Now the Webb telescope is expected to arrive at its insertion location by January 23rd, and that will put it in place to fire its engines to glide to a what they call a parking spot that is called Earth-Sun Lagrange Point, which is about 930,000 miles or 1.5 million kilometers away from planet Earth. Now, if the web does get to the right zone, it can use a minimum of fuel to stay in place thanks to a near-perfect alignment with the Sun, Earth, and Moon. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we are looking at how the web is preparing for the engine fire, and team members will spend the next 15 days aligning the, the 18 mirror segments to essentially perform as one mirror. 
Now, we do know that its primary primary mirror ending a series of major deploy deployments that did take place over the span of two weeks. All of those which do need to go perfectly in order for the massive space telescope, which has been decades in the making to function. Now, uh, you know, NASA has took it to Twitter to congratulate NASA Webb and how it has been fully deployed. And, you know, we do know that it did launch in space on Christmas Day. So I do believe that was on the 25th of December. And since the full-size mirror was too large to fit on a rocket, scientists have designed a way to allow its components to fold something that has never been done before. Now, in just two weeks, the, you know, the, the, the telescope will reach its final destination in deep space. And we're going to have to wait until summer to get some of the first images of that space telescope, but it will likely be worth the wait. Now, we do know that this has been, you know, a project in the making for a couple of years now, and now we are finally looking at it, you know, coming to life. I'm very excited to see what the James Webb Telescope will be taking pictures of, and we do know it will be looking into the future and to our past. Ladies and gentlemen, we are taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about Mubadda and their investment into cloud kitchens across the UAE. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. There's something that has been on the rise lately and not many of you know about it. And we're talking about cloud kitchens, ladies and gentlemen. And there's a couple of them of them right here in Georgia. And I have actually, you know, caught on to them. You know, uh, there's a couple of, uh, of restaurants that I have been frequenting on, you know, online and every time, you know, I order from these restaurants, I'm like, man, something's fishy. I'm always getting the same type of bag. Uh, you know, their desserts look somewhat similar. And then with a little research, I found out that those were cloud kitchens and cloud kitchens have been a lot better in being an affordable and even more economically friendly and even environmentally friendly type of kitchen because you can actually have six to seven restaurants in these cloud kitchens. But Mubadala Capital has backed the reforms JV to operate cloud kitchens. Now, UAE's Mubadala Capital Reef, North America's largest cloud kitchen operator, and even Americana Group, which, by the way, is the largest food and beverage operator in the Middle East region, have actually announced a joint venture to open cloud kitchens that will operate Reef Americana and third-party brands throughout the Middle East and North Africa. Now, in November of 2021, Reef did acquire Icon Restaurant, which is a UAE-based cloud kitchen company, marking the Miami-based company's first major transaction in the region. Now, in 2020, Mubadala Capital did, you know, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole owned asset subsidiary of Mubadala Investment Company, and it did lead a $700 million funding in Tarif, and that did go along with SoftBank, Oak Tree Capital Management, UBS Asset Management, and Target Global. Now, the Americana Group does own exclusive franchise rights for the management and operation of over 1,900 restaurants, representing some of the most popular brands across the world. They can be KFC, Pizza Hut, Hardee's, Krispy Kreme, and a lot more, and that is around 13 markets across the Middle East, North Africa, and Central America. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about cloud kitchens, that is, you know, the topic for today and how cloud kitchens are changing the way restaurants and restaurants operate and how people operate and how people 
uh, you know, if you have, for example, let's say you have an idea on opening a restaurant, but you don't have the capital to actually buy a space. You don't have the capital to rent a kitchen. Now, a cloud kitchen is also referred to as a ghost kitchen or a virtual kitchen. And it is a commercial kitchen space that provides food businesses, the facilities and services that are needed to prepare the menu. And, you know, it also does put into consideration delivery and takeout. Now, unlike the traditional locations, cloud kitchens do allow food businesses to create and deliver food products with minimal overhead. So let's say, for example, I'm Hani and I have a cloud kitchen space available in Sharjah. And you have an idea. You have a restaurant idea, but unfortunately, you don't have the capital to open a restaurant or you're too scared to, you know, rent a space out, get the chefs and, you know, do the whole nine yard. That is where I come in, ladies and gentlemen. You come to me, say, honey, I have this idea. I said, great. You rent out the space. I give you your kitchen. I give you everything. And all you have to do is give me the recipes, give me the menus, give me how you want the percentage to be, you know, divided and I do all of the work and that name of your restaurant will be on the label. Nice, quick and simple. I love the technology and how cloud kitchens are becoming a thing of the future. And a lot of cloud kitchens are being opened right here in Sharjah. I know one restaurant or one cloud kitchen that operates 14 restaurants. Don't tell me how I know. Well, I know because I order takeout a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to know your guys' thoughts. 4215, we are taking a short break. But when we come back, we're talking all about Elon Musk and how he has made headlines once again, but for all the wrong reasons. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking all about the Musk, and that is Elon Musk and how, how, how he has made headlines once again. And for all the wrong reasons. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we do know that Elon Musk, you know, he's very well known for Tesla. And, you know, in the past couple of months, past couple of weeks per se, you know, Tesla has been under fire a lot. And, you know, people are realizing that the long-term use of Tesla vehicles actually sucks. But, ladies and gentlemen, Elon Musk, instead of, you know, fixing those things and, you know, uh, you know, addressing those claims and saying why or how these cars are breaking down or why these cars are having malfunctions. He says, no need. I'm going to bring out and raise the price of its full self-driving software to around 37,000 dirhams. It was originally, you know, or, or sorry, it was $12,000 or it is $12,000. And, you know, converting that to dirhams, we're talking about around 37,000 dirhams. Now, Tesla CEO Elon Musk does say the company is raising the price of its full self-driving car or capabilities, which is called FSD, to $12,000. Now, Musk did tweet on Friday that the new price, which is an increase of $2,000, will take effect on January 17th for customers only in the U.S. He also said the monthly subscription price of $200 for the FSD would rise as well as the software did get closer to a wide release. Now, we do know that, do know that Tesla began testing the full self-driving capability in October of 2020, and it was in beta, and it was first priced at $8,000 with only a select group of customers. And then Tesla, you know, over time, increased the price to $10,000 shortly after. Now, the software does not make Tesla vehicles fully autonomous, however. But Musk himself did say during a 2019 earnings call 
that Teslas with the full self-driving capability are able to drive from one's house to work, most likely without intervention. So it will still be supervised, but it will be able to drive. Now, in September, Tesla did open the FSD beta to more drivers via a request button on the vehicle's dashboard screens. But to get access to that software, drivers do have to have a good safety score. And Tesla determines that safety score using five criteria that estimate the likelihood that your driving could result in a future collision. Hmm, a safety score. That means Elon Musk knows if you're driving recklessly or not. Could Elon Musk in the future sell this very sensitive information to insurance companies? And when you go to buy insurance, they see that, you know, you're at risk of having a fatal collision or a collision in general, and they raise that price of your premium by a couple of thousand dirhams because, well, you're well known to get into accidents. Oh, sorry, you're well known to be driving recklessly, and that is thanks to Tesla software. <sighs> that is a plausible thing. I'm not saying they did it. I'm saying it's a plausible thing. It can happen. Now, going back to the FSD, Musk did promise a wider release of Tesla's FSD for a couple of years now. And he did say in 2018 that the long-awaited version of the full self-driving capability would begin rolling out that summer. And then he projected in 2019. And then after 2019, he said from a year now. And then we went to 2020. Still didn't get it. 2021 still didn't get it and now 2022 does seem like the date where we do get the full self-driving capability on tesla vehicles but you will be paying a hefty price tag for it we're talking about twelve thousand dollars and i do believe correct me if i'm wrong that amounts to around thirty-seven thousand dirhams and that is a very very hefty price tag if you ask me for a full self-driving capability and is it worth it? Well, I want to ask you guys, 4215, if it's worth it for that full self-driving capability. But I personally don't believe it's worth it. Why? Because, you know, over the past couple of weeks or months or even years, when a lot of people are using Tesla's long term, they're going throughout all of the seasons, they are realizing that Teslas aren't as good as they claim to be or as they were portrayed to be. Now, I do know a couple of stories of that, how, you know, Tesla vehicles are doing horrible and cold conditions and how, you know, the vehicles are finishing their battery. The battery is being drained much, much quicker in cold environments and in the hot climates, in the hot environments, you know, the plastic inside the interior of the car is melting because, you know, it's, it's hot or it's cheap material. And the AC isn't cooling as much as it would, as much as you would like it to be during the cold weather. Ladies and gentlemen, the choice is yours. 4215, would you pay 36,000 dirhams for, you know, that full self-driving capability, regardless if you know that Teslas aren't maybe the best choice ever? Huh. The, the question is, is, you know, the question is that and the choice is your, we, yours. We are taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking a lot about hackers and how they have been sending presents to companies across the U.S. Check this out. Check this out. All Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking all about hackers and how they have been sending an unpleasant surprise to U.S. companies. And, you know, they have been disguising those surprises as presents. Now, 
Ladies and gentlemen, hackers have been sending malware-filled USB sticks to these companies across the United States. Now, word to the wise, if a stranger ever offer you offers you a random USB stick as a gift, you better not take it. Well, on Thursday, the FBI have warned that a hacker group has been using the US mail to sell malware-laden USB drives to companies in the defense, transportation, and insurance industries. Now, the criminals did hope that the employees will be gullible enough to stick them into their computers and thus create the opportunity for ransomware attacks or the deployment of other mal malicious software. Now, the hacker group behind this bad behavior was a group called FIN7 or FIN7 and has gone to great lengths, lengths to make their parcels appear, you know, very cute and a nice ple pleasant surprise. And in some cases, packages were dressed up as if they were sent by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, with even notes explaining that the drivers did contain important information about COVID-19 guidelines. And in some other cases, they were even delivered as if they had been sent via Amazon, along with a decorative gift box containing a fraudulent thank you letter, a counterfeit gift card, and a USB. That was according to that FBI warning. Now, the little scheme does appear to have been going on for at least several months now. And as the FBI does says, it is originally beginning to receive reports about such activity as far as late August, uh, or sorry, as far as last August. Now, the culprit, which we do know is the hacking company Fin7, is a notably sophisticated cyber criminal group that throughout its career is reported to have stolen over $1 billion. Now, they did that via various financial hacking schemes and in the past has also been connected to prominent ransomware families such as Darkseid and Black Matter. And last September, security researchers did report that Fin7 had gone to the trouble of creating a fake cybersecurity company in order to recruit IT talent for its criminal operations. Now, they all they do look a little bit innovative, you know, regardless of what they're doing. They are, you know, thinking outside the box. And again, we are talking about how we should never accept files, emails, and now we've been we're going to the extent of physical things. USB sticks that you stick into your computer could have ransomware or they could have malware that will, you know, go into mal uh, ransomware. Well, where ransomware is if you have, let's say, very important files, I will take those files hostage and I will say you have to pay a ransom of X amount of money and I will release these files again for you. And unfortunately, during the COVID-19 pandemic, we've seen a rise in this when it did come to hospitals across the United States. And a lot of hacking companies did take, you know, very special and important and sensitive files of hospitals and, and patients and put them up for ransom. Now, it does seem a little bit ridiculous that anyone would plug a random USB stick into the computer, but unfortunately, studies have shown that actually that's exactly what a whole lot of people did when confronted with the opportunity. Now, that is the popularity of the drop trick in which a malicious drive is left in a company's parking lot in hopes that the weakest link at the firm will pick it up and out of curiosity, obviously put it in their laptop. Now, actually, if you believe one high-ranking defense official, a disastrous worm-fueled attack on the Pentagon in 2008 was launched in this way. Some hacker left a USB 
in the Pentagon's parking lot, and a high-ranking official took that USB, plugged it into their computer or laptop, and that were that's when a hack was, you know, done. Now, hackers have also attempted to use USBs as a vector for ransomware attacks before. And last September as well, it was reported that gangs had been approaching employees of particular companies and even attempting to bribe them into unleashing ransomware on their company's servers via these USB sticks that were secured by the hackers. Now, all of this is a roundabout way of saying a few basic things that I will be telling you now. Don't accept gifts from strangers, avoid bribes, and if you don't know where that USB stick came from, it's better if you leave them alone. Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever found a USB in a parking lot or if you found a USB somewhere that you don't know who it was for, let's say, for example, in a university, have you ever plugged it into your computer or did you dispose of it? 4215, our text lines are open. But ladies and gentlemen, we are taking a short break. But when we come back, we're going to a much more happy story. We're talking about Samsung and how they are showing off the foldable phones of the future at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. Gadget of the day. New tech you might want to play with. New tech you might want to play with or fold, fold, and fold again. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Samsung. Now they're showing off the foldables of the future at the Consumer Electronics Show. Now, Samsung is arguably leading the change on folding phones. And even though the first Galaxy Fold did go off to a rocky start and last year's Galaxy Z Fold 3 and Z Flip 3 were very impressive devices that delivered on the promise of how handy a device with a folding screen can be. But the company isn't stopping with those form factors just yet. Now at the Consumer Electronics Show 2022, it did show off a bunch of prototype folding devices that could hint at foldables to come. Now we're looking at the Flex S, which is a multi-foldable device that can stretch all the way out to a triple widescreen, not a double widescreen, a triple widescreen. Now, we're also looking at the Flex G, which is a pocket-sized device that folds inwards. That would be done to protect the screen. And there's a device with a right rail that slides out to add some screen real estate as well. Now, and Samsung has even showed off a 17-inch folding laptop. That's not unlike the one Asus announced at the CES as well. And Asus is promising that its device will come out this year. Now, there's a lot to get excited about. And, you know, there's a lot of videos online about Samsung's, uh, you know, latest foldable tech. And again, we're looking at how Samsung is very prominent and adamant in telling us that foldable phones are the future. And foldable phones at one point in time were, you know, they were the thing. They were cool. If you remember the Razer Flips, and if you remember, you know, your T-Mobile phones, all those Motorola phones, those were cool, you know? If, and if you had a flip phone, you were cool. But now, we're looking at if you have a very big phone, you're cool now. If you have an iPhone, you're cool now. And Samsung wants to reignite the love for flip phones. And, you know, we're looking at Samsung already dominating the market as we speak. And we do know that Motorola has a phone on its way. Oppo has a phone on its way. But Samsung is the only organization making and selling them in high volumes. So, you know, we're all, we are looking at the S and G folds. And, you know, 
The S is easy to understand. It is three panels fold out in an S shape and the G fold is a subtle take on the S fold and it does still feature three panels. Now, I personally would not want a foldable phone just yet. I still feel like there's a lot of room for improvement. And as Samsung does dip into the world of foldable phones, Apple, for a fact, will get a little bit jealous and try their luck in the foldable department as well. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to know your guys' thoughts. 4215, what do you think about foldable phones? Do you think they are the future? Do you think that they will be once again something to be talked about but talking about things to be talked about we're talking about the halftime show the only place to be at three with the man himself umar duri commencing in t-minus seven minutes umar duri tell me what are we expecting on the halftime show what's going on brother i'm doing great brother how are you hey i was listening to your show on the way here man awesome job thank you brother i Love appreciate it, it. appreciate it. It. we well, learned from you, you i'll tell you what's going on on the halftime show so one thing is going on is hiking can probably be the new mental exercise you need despite it being such a physical activity we're talking about why it's mental we're also talking about food equals medication mm. now a lot of people normally go to the pharmacy and have no problem spending money on that but often talk about spending money on organic foods and non-processed foods so we're discussing that as well i've had the privilege of hanging out with uh, my old boxing coach who happens to be anthony yard's coach who has a world title coming up so I spent some time with him and picked his brain on the boxing world as well. Now, Omar, is, are we looking at food beginning a medication mentally or physically? That's a very good question. I guess you're going to have to tune in. T-minus. <laughs> Five minutes, ladies and gentlemen, the halftime show. The only place to be at three with the man himself, Omar Adouri. But Future Talk is signing out and we'll be seeing you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place, only here on Pulse. 95.